0: On this episode of Clear Edge Marketing's The Edge, Inside Global Health President Jessica Calzaretta joins Clear Edge Marketing CEO and founder Leslie Vickery. The pair discuss topics such as the unexpected power of imperfection, how anything is possible if you're willing to work for it, and why leading with true authenticity gives your team permission to do the same. We hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Hello, listeners, and welcome to The Edge Podcast. I am your host, Leslie Vickery, CEO and founder of Clear Edge Marketing. For those of you new to The Edge, we feature executive women in the recruitment industry in an effort to shine the light on the wonderful women leading our industry forward and for up-and-comers. If they can see it, women in executive roles and understand the day in the life of the C-suite, they can certainly envision and be it. For today's episode, it brings me great pleasure to welcome Jessica Calzaretta, president of Insight Global Health, of which, Jess, you are celebrating your one-year anniversary in the role and have spent your entire career at Insight Global. So you're going on 13 years. Congratulations and welcome. Thank you.
0: I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: All right, well, odds are most people know about Insight Global. But for those not familiar with the company, perhaps you can share a little background.
0: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Well, you're right. My whole career has been with this organization. And so I feel really lucky to have stumbled into staffing and recruiting, like I think maybe many of the listeners who are in the industry also did as well. But Insight Global was founded in 2001 in Atlanta, Georgia, which is where I currently live with my family. And uh, we started as a technology company. We supported technology skill sets across multiple industries, and all of our growth over the past 20-plus years has been organic. We're a company that really believes in the development of our people. We have an internal promotion path at the organization. So I started as a recruiter right out of college and have worked my way up to the role that I'm in today, which, as you mentioned, is president of Insight Global Health, our healthcare staffing division. Insight Global over the years has diversified quite a bit. We also have a financial services division. We have an engineering-focused division. And
1: most recently, again, as you mentioned, we launched our healthcare staffing practice just one year ago. Well, I'd love to take a look at your career journey and set the stage for how you became so driven. In fact, Jess, I would say full of grit, which is something that you talk about as well. You're the oldest of four girls. Your dad is an OBGYN, and you semi-joked while we were prepping for this about him being surrounded by women his (laughs) entire life. You credit your mom and dad for raising you all to be strong, independent women. Without an allowance, you learned at an early age that you had to be willing to put in the work, so much so you actually got your first job at 14. Fast forward to getting your first job in staffing, and this cracks me up, your dad thought it was possibly a pyramid scheme, so we may need to go into that a little bit. You, on the other hand, Jess, you fell in love with a career that would find you not worrying so much about your paycheck, but celebrating the impact you'd have on the lives of others. What an amazing industry to kind of fall into, as you mentioned earlier, one year. You only spent one year in a production role to the rest of your time at Insight Global as a leader running teams and building markets. What lessons did you take from your childhood that really helped get you to where you are today? Yeah, Thank you for asking that. I credit so much
0: of who I am today and the things that drive me and really give me purpose to the way that I was raised. I'm the product of two pretty incredible parents. And you're right, my dad is a physician. I'm the oldest of four girls. And we were always raised to believe that anything is possible if you're willing to work for it. And so I was growing up, never given an allowance, never given a credit card, even though, you know, we were fortunate to grow up the way that we did. It was expected that I would work if I wanted to be able to go and do things with my friends or spend money on the weekends. And so I had my first job. It was not a glamorous one. I was working the friars in the back of a country club pool kitchen of all things. And uh, I was working about 45 hours. Every week in the summertime, making enough money so that I could spend time with my friends and have fun doing the things I wanted to do. And I think going through that as an early teen and ultimately all through high school and college, I just learned that if you worked really hard, you could achieve a lot. You could make a lot of money. You could make a difference for yourself. You could be able to go do the things that you wanted to do. And so when I was graduating college, thinking about where my next step might take me, I knew that I wanted to find a place and a home that would allow me to work hard and that if I could work hard and give 110%, I would have every opportunity afforded to me to be able to advance and do the things I wanted to do professionally. Beyond that, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I had no idea what industry I wanted to pursue. I I frankly just knew all the things I didn't want to do. I didn't want to sit behind a computer screen and not have interaction with people. I, you know, also growing up in a big family is always surrounded by others. It was always a really lively household. And as a person, I've learned a lot about myself that that gives me a great deal of joy and energy to be surrounded by others. And so I knew I needed to find a home that would afford me those things. And then I also think my parents also instilled very early on this belief that You can do whatever you put your mind to. And again, it does require hard work. But my siblings and I, my three sisters, have all gone on to pursue very different careers and live all over the country. But my parents have always been our biggest champions to say, go be brave and go be bold and go do something different. And so I'm so
1: grateful because I think that has carried me through for so
0: many years that I've been with this company.
1: Uh, I would agree with you. It really does start at home. And we talk a lot about, The next generation for change and what we can see within our own upbringings and what we want to carry forward with us. And in some cases, what we may want to change just to ensure we're affording those opportunities for them. And you're so fortunate, that gift of confidence that your parents really instilled in all four of you at such a young age, it's to me, one of the best gifts you can give any child is just the gift of confidence to believe in themselves. And the word you use, which I love is brave, just to be brave and try new things and, and not be afraid of a failure and so forth. So thank you for sharing that story. I think about Insight Global and you mentioning it being a home and how you've spent your entire career there. And I remember watching and prep for this a video that you all came out with called it begins with you. And maybe it was a reboot of a video, but it's so special and strong just to look at the culture and for you to think about, you know, just the role that you've been able to play in building that. However, Jess, I do remember you saying at one point as a female, you really struggled because you weren't always the loudest voice in the room. And back in the day, the way to advance your career was to be the loudest in the room. There are two points during your tenure, in fact, that you actually thought about leaving the company, but something convinced you to stay and even helped land you in your current role. You really recognized that a door cracked open and you either had to throw your name in the hat or miss the opportunity. And we often talk about putting yourself first, being your own career champion first, not to wait for others to promote or give you a chance. And it really made me think of that theme, the it begins with you. So at what point Mm -hmm. did you decide to become your very best career champion? Really use your voice. Again, you're confident by nature, but stepping up to use your voice and then stopping to stop comparing yourself to your male counterparts.
0: Yeah, I think that was a hard lesson for me to learn because you mentioned this, but I, I got into leadership at a really young stage in my career. I only was in a production role selling for less than a year, actually. And I think, honestly, it was out of either desperation or by default that I landed into a leadership position actually in Chicago back in 2010. And you know, the, the road in that role and as I kind of progressed over the next four or five years in that position was really hard. I struggled a lot and I think one of the biggest hurdles I had to overcome was to stop comparing myself to others. I was constantly looking at my peers who were so different in every way, shape and form from who I am as a person. And yet that was my model of who I was trying to be. And it came across very disingenuine. I felt like I was wearing a mask at work every day. And ultimately what ended up happening is that I was failing. And I remember my leader at the time, he said, hey, listen, if you don't turn this thing around, like you don't have this job anymore. And I was so unhappy for so many reasons. I mean, the obvious being that I was failing at the job. I had people that were quitting me. My team was not growing. We were not seeing success. But I was also spending so much energy comparing myself to those in my orbit and trying to emulate those qualities, even though they weren't very natural to me. Because you're right, I wasn't the loudest voice in the room. I'm also a female. And so what comes naturally to me wasn't natural to my male counterparts. And I think it was maybe just feeling exhausted from feeling like a failure for so long that I just said, you know what? What do I have to lose? If I lose my job, I'm going to do it knowing that I gave it my all. And I'm going to try to do this my way now and use my brain and my gut. In my beliefs, to try and be the best version of myself I can be for my team and for myself. And I do think it kind of was a switch. The one thing I will say that I learned to do that really helped me become my own career champion is to build a team of champions around me who I trusted, who I felt were really genuine friends and partners to me, who I could count on to shoot me straight when I needed to be shot straight in the face with feedback or with advice. But I do think it's important to note that. As you build that inner circle of people that that are going to root you on, you have to remember that at the end of the day, you have to be at the top of that totem pole, and you have to be the one to say, well, I, I am ultimately responsible for the leader I am, the person I want to be, and the impact I want to have in my position. As soon as I made that realization and just really committed to doing things in my own authentic way, I started to see success, and I think that was a big game changer for me.
1: And What a gift, Jess, for the person who came to you to be really radically candid. We often talk about radical candor, which basically is very direct feedback, but it comes from the heart. Otherwise it's ruinous empathy. And, you know, they could have kept saying, oh, you're doing a great job, doing a great job. And you wouldn't have moved up the way that you have, but it really wouldn't have kind of sparked something inside of you as well to kind of take that action. Maybe down the road you would have, but it really fast forwarded that for you, which is fantastic. And now it's something that you can pay forward to others as well. Something you said struck me. It reminds me of a saying that my dad would always say to us, you know, when you look in the mirror, if you don't love yourself first, it's going to be really hard for others to love you. And you have to know that you're not being selfish by doing so, but you have to put yourself first and and love and believe in, in yourself and it'll take you really far. That's so
0: powerful. What a great, me- I mean, what a great message. Th- those words are so well said. and I love that your dad instilled that in you. But, you know, the thing that I think is really hard is how do you put that in practice? Because I think by default as leaders and as females, we tend to often default, I think, to the service of others or putting others first. I think maybe that's just in our DNA. At least I'll speak for myself. I know it is in mine. And so I have to hold myself accountable to doing self-care and doing the things that I know are going to make me feel whole. So then I can give more to the role and to the
1: people who are depending on me. Yeah, it's so important. We just rolled out some wellness initiatives and it's hit me really hard this year on the the whole oxygen mask concept of you've got to put it on yourself first. And even before this podcast, when, you know, I decided, gosh, I'm I'm not going to be camera ready. I'm just gonna go work out, do something for myself because I know I can't later in the day. And we just we have to do that. We have to give ourselves grace and, and be there for ourselves first and foremost. So I totally
0: agree. And to be guilt-free in doing so.
1: Yes, exactly. You know, I'm working on it. It's like you said, something we have to work on every day. All right. Well, Jess, you are the president of a staffing company in one of the fastest growing sectors of our industry, healthcare. And statistically speaking, a lot of women find themselves being overlooked for promotions once they start a family, but you actually had the opposite experience. So share with us how having a family gave you focus and a sense of purpose and how you parlay that into advancement of your career. In fact, you were advanced four times in five and a half years.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I don't think I would have said this when I was pregnant with my first, I, I am a mom to three wonderful kids. I have a five-year-old, a four-year-old and a one-year-old. And when I was pregnant with my first, I was terrified because it's important to call out Insight Global has gone through a bit of a transformation ourselves. We, we weren't always a company that lived out our values. They were, I think for a long time, unfortunately, just words that existed on a wall, but weren't often put into practice. And I'm so proud of the way we transformed things. But five years ago, I would say Insight Global was in a much different position culturally than the company we are today. And I was terrified. I was terrified about how I was going to be able to keep the roof up over my head, figuratively speaking, while, you know, carrying a baby and being a mom. And it was really important to me to be present as a mother. But it was also very important to me to keep pursuing this career that I found a lot of passion and fulfillment in. And I had no idea if it was possible. In fact, I really didn't have any examples of other women who were in my role to even turn to at the time. We were a pretty young organization, still are. And there were no other women in leadership at the time who had kind of taken that step and become a parent and also were able to still see success in their career. Everyone I knew ended up ultimately leaving. But over the years and over the three separate pregnancies that I've had, I joke now that it actually was the best thing to ever happen to my career because you said it so perfectly. Having kids gave me this incredible sense of purpose and focus that helped me, separate, I think, from work. You know, I think before I had kids, work was really consuming for me. I had a really hard time putting work away. It was something I was really passionate about, still am, but I had a hard time striking balance. And once I had kids, it started to become a little bit more clear to me what my priorities are. I think I became so much more in tune with who I am as a person and what makes me feel whole and what makes me feel really good every day. For me, it's Feeling like I can be a really present parent and a really present spouse and be able to enjoy those moments with my children. And it's when I make those decisions to prioritize those things in my personal life that I find I'm so much happier and so much more focused professionally. And I think that focus professionally has also given me a lot of confidence and conviction to go for it when opportunities have presented themselves. And I think you mentioned this a little bit ago, but there have been these like very striking moments over the past five and a half years in my career where I have seen this kind of crack in the door and an opportunity being presented. And there were plenty of voices in my world and around me at work who told me not to take those opportunities or not to take those chances because it would be too much. I was a new mom. It was too much responsibility for one person. I don't know what that voice is necessarily necessarily that maybe wasn't always as loud as it has been, it feels in the past five and a half years, but it's that voice that says, well, wait a minute, who are you to tell me? I can't. I think I can, and I'm going to go try. And so I really credit my children for giving me that focus and just that sense of perspective, which has really guided me, I think, over the most recent years and a lot of the career steps I've made.
1: You're tearing me up over here, Jess. You are like the perfect example of, if you see it, you can be it, especially when it comes to women wanting to have a family and have a career and be at the level of being encyclable is a massive company. You started a new division. You're the president of that division. It's in the fastest growing segment of our industry. So, you know, no pressure there. And I remember interviewing a recruiter who had won an award she was a finalist for a rising star award. And I said, you know, what's next for you? I'm so excited about you and your career and what you've done. And she said, and mind you, she was single. And she said, I think that I will actually go into training because I don't think I can have a family and be in this industry. So I think I'll end up pivoting. Now, mind you, she was a rising star single. So before she was even in a relationship, engaged, married, and having a child, she was taking herself out of The mix for her career. And I right away said, you've got to listen to this podcast I produced. You have to hear from these wonderful women. You of course can Mm -hmm. do that. That is your choice, but you also need to know that you can choose something else. And she was just so ecstatic about it and ended up sending it to other friends of hers in the industry who felt the same way. So thank you for being so transparent and sharing your story. It's so important that women hear this and, you know, our male allies hear this for the women they see on their teams and their daughters and so forth. So thank you. Yeah, of course.
0: The one thing I I will share too, Leslie just on that story, because its I mean, I I have so many friends, right. And so many peers who have taken themselves off the field And, and not to say those are always the wrong decisions. Sometimes those are in fact the right decisions. That's where getting to know yourself and getting to know who you are as a person and what really truly makes you feel fulfillment And genuine happiness, I think, is so important. And for me, I knew having a career that I was proud of and that would give me a platform to make an impact for others, whether that was giving people opportunities through the dignity of work, which is what we in the staffing world do every single day, or whether that was helping others advance and see their own potential in their careers. I knew I had to still have that. I was really passionate about saying, well, I'm going to figure out a way to make these things work.
1: Well, and you know, something that you and I talked about in prepping is really that support system as well. And I know you mentioned your husband and how he's first and foremost, the most incredible partner and always encourages you to take risks. And sometimes women, as we were just talking about, we just hold ourselves back. We're not taking the risks. We feel guilty, not supported and put everyone else before ourselves. So perhaps you could share an example of a risk you took in your career and then how you navigated it.
0: I think the biggest one that comes to mind happened almost exactly three years ago, and that was when we made the decision to uproot our lives from Chicago. I'm a born and bred Midwesterner. My husband was raised in Chicago, and that was our home for 12 years. When I was presented the opportunity to take on a vice president role with Insight Global, it did require a relocation to Atlanta. Mind you, I'd only ever been to Atlanta for corporate events and trainings. So beyond the Uber from the airport to our corporate buildings, I knew nothing of the city. And my husband had actually never even been to Atlanta. But I remember a conversation that he and I had had. I mean, I do owe him so much. I'm so grateful to have this partner who's really pushed me when these moments have presented themselves. And he just gave me such great perspective. You know, in life, you you get, I think, few chances to really make a difference for others and for yourselves and for your families. And even though it was really scary, he really encouraged me to go for it and told me he would stand behind me if we made that move. It did in that moment feel like I was really prioritizing my career over my family. At the time we had two kids, my husband had just taken a new job. Things were going really well for him professionally, but I think I just in my heart knew that I had to go do this because again, there was no other, There were no females at the time in our organization who had had this role. It was an opportunity I recognized. They don't come around often. And, you know, if if the fear of failure is maybe the only thing that would have detracted me from taking the position, I had felt like I had already failed in my career before. I mean, I had almost lost my job in leadership because I had failed for so many years. And so I was less afraid of that and more afraid of what would happen if I didn't take this risk. So we, we leapt at it. I won't lie. I think anyone who's gone through a relocation can probably relate to this. It was really hard for the first year trying to navigate this new normal in this new city with young kids. And then, oh, lo and behold, COVID happened and everybody was stuck at home. So we weren't out and about meeting new people. It was really hard. But in spite of those hardships, it definitely reaffirmed that I had made the right decision because I was welcomed with such open arms at Insight Global for this position. I I just received so much support, not just from my male peers and leaders, but from all of the women in the organization who were just so excited to see another female take this role. And so I just felt very much like I had a responsibility now to pay it forward and to give this my all.
1: I love that story. I will say selfishly, one of the reasons I wish you would have stayed is come to find out we lived maybe two to four blocks from each other in Roscoe village yeah. in Chicago. <laughs> a small um, world. I, know. I know it would have, I mean, we have so much in common with our, you know, four girls in the family, the mm-hmm. young kids and literally living right down the street. But when you think of the words that you mentioned earlier, when I think of them, brave comes to mind putting yourself out there, knowing that you're kind of uprooting your family and also just using your voice and sharing why it's important to you and leading by that example, because you knew you were going to make a difference for the other women in your company to show them that they can do it too. Not that they need to uproot and move necessarily, but just that they need to and can, and it's okay to take risks and put yourself out there.
0: Yeah, and I I will say one lesson that I've learned
1: in taking the risk of moving my family
0: or taking on bigger positions is I I did get feedback one time from my boss and a, a great mentor to me who said, it feels like I don't know the real you. It feels like you are trying to be this really perfect version of yourself. And I'm not sure where that's coming from, but I just want you to know that you're in this role for a reason and it's because of who you are as a person, the real you. So I would like to start to see that person come out more. And that hit me like a ton of bricks because I, I didn't realize it at the time, but looking back, I believe that I was just trying so hard to prove that I could be this perfect figure, right? That was supposed to be this perfectly designed executive in this role because I recognized the role that I was playing for so many other women. And I, I felt so passionate about wanting to show others that, hey, you can do this too. And I, I learned it through that conversation and through that feedback. And again, just another great example of somebody hitting you square between the eyes with such radical candor. So thank you so much to Sam for giving me that feedback when he did. But I learned that the other responsibility that we have as female leaders is that we have to show our imperfections. We have to be imperfect leaders because nobody wants to report to a statue. I, I think it's so important that women understand that it's never supposed to be perfect. It's actually in the messy imperfections that you can garner so much respect and loyalty from those in your charge. Because I I do think that showing that you're human and making mistakes and kind of like relishing in the imperfections and the chaos that is being a parent, being a spouse, being a partner, being a daughter, but also having a career – that is not always neat and beautiful. It is very seldom sunshine and rainbows. I feel like I'm constantly chasing my tail, trying to pack school lunches and get out the door to make an eight o'clock meeting. But I think recognizing that and being public about it and talking about it is so important so that others feel like it's possible, that they don't have to be this kind of hero version of themselves in order to advance. Because I actually believe the best leaders I've ever worked for have been very imperfect themselves. And it was because of those imperfections that they made me believe I could do it too. Uh,
1: again, being very transparent with your experience, even here on the podcast and talking about that will help so many women who do suffer from trying to be perfect syndrome. It's actually one of the top things that hold women back. There's a great book called how women rise that we've talked about on just about every podcast since Teresa Carroll, who used to be the president of Kelly professional services. She had first shared that book with me and has presented it to a couple of different book clubs and associations and thrive live the the women's event through ASA, because there are a lot of different traits that hold us back. And one of them is called the perfection trap. And I do believe this is another gift as parents. We can give our children in general, But if you think about it, little girls raised, you know, oh, don't jump in that mud puddle. Don't get your dress dirty. Don't do this. Don't do that. We're Mm -hmm. constantly held to the standard of perfectionism and it starts at a really young age. So the ability to recognize that Jess in yourself and to then put yourself forward to be vulnerable and show that side of you is again, a gift for other women to hear and see, and quite frankly, not just the up and comers, but leaders because we do feel like we need to be perfect and fall into that trap. And by talking about it, you give permission to not be that way, which is fantastic. So thank you. Let's talk about the importance of women supporting other women. As you know, I recently published a book featuring 15 women from our industry called Together We Rise, It's a story of a group of women who came together during the pandemic and helped each other in ways we really never imagined. And quite frankly, it was in ways that weren't always afforded to us growing up in our careers. You have actually talked about times when you felt alone and didn't have female allyship. Then Insight Global launched its own women's group. So share with us a little bit about how it got started, where it is today and the impact it has had on you and your career. I think I would go as far as saying it really has been a turning point, not only for you, but the company.
0: Yeah. Oh, that, that is without, without a doubt. True. Our women's leadership council started in 2018 and 2016, 2017. Funny enough, that was when I had my first daughter, and then was pregnant with my second. So I remember those years pretty vividly. They were really challenging years for our organization. We were experiencing an enormous amount of attrition. We were definitely a very command and control type organization, a lot of fear-based leadership. And while there were certainly many incredible leaders across the organization, at the top, it was all male. It was really hard to imagine a future where I could personally advance into that level of leadership or to have that kind of impact as a female. I just didn't see it. I didn't think it was possible. Our current CEO, Bert Bean, who's been a longtime mentor of mine and is a fabulous leader, took on his post as CEO in 2018 and recognized that he had a real problem on his hands, not just with our turnover and attrition, pretty horrendous, but the large majority were female because women just could not see a future where they could have a family and also still advance their career. And they wanted to have better work-life balance and better support for just all of the changing things that were happening to their personal lives and even in their professional lives. So we started this Women's Leadership Council and it started with just a group of 12 women the first key element of that group coming together that ultimately made it into what it is today was that we had executive support and buy-in from day one. Bert was the first executive to show up for that meeting. He attended every subsequent conversation we had that year. And it was because he had a real appetite to learn and understand what actually was happening across the organization and why so many women were firing inside Global from being their employer. And so fast forward over the past couple of years, that group has really been transformative. I think not just for the women of our organization, but frankly for the culture overall at Insight Global. I mean, we've been able to advocate for some really important policy change. We improved our maternity leave program as an example. What had existed back in 2017 and earlier was just frankly not very supportive of women who wanted to have a family and still be able to manage a career. And so we advocated for an improved program to support women and parents, men and women, who wanted to start families and wanted to feel like they could give 100% at home and still come to work and give 100% to their jobs. We actually went as far as to invest in a parental leave support program. So now we have an entire group that's part of our human resources team that is dedicated to the support of the parents of our organization. And so what we found is that, you know, that change and, and many others like improved health benefits, including enhanced fertility coverage and just creating a forum for women to really share with one another their experiences. We started to see so many women, myself included, start to take these leaps in their careers and to be a bit more bold in taking opportunities that were presented to themselves. So much so that flash forward last year, 2021, almost 80% of the promotions we made into leadership were women, which I'm so proud of. I mean, it just, we've been able to really transform the way women see their futures here at the company. And I think the Women's Leadership Council has been a really big reason that that was possible. Uh, and for me personally, it was everything. I mean, I just found myself all of a sudden surrounded by this group of women that always existed. I had just never had the form or felt safe to be able to talk to them about my fears and my struggles, and my concerns in my career. This council really afforded us the opportunity to lean on one another. I credit so much of that that group and those women who have become just total allies to me and really great friends for a huge reason that I have felt brave enough to make the decisions I've made and to now do what I'm doing for the company.
1: I've had the pleasure of actually meeting a few of the women who are helping lead the group, Brindy and Emma, and of course you and spending time with you and also listening to Bert really share his story about Trying to launch it and at the time being kind of shot down, and then really fighting for it when he came into the role of the CEO. I have to say, what you've done, you've taken it to another level than what a lot of companies have done, as far as the support network and so forth. And just seeing the friendship and the bond, even between the three of you, and I know so many more, it really is unique and special and something that. Again, growing up in my earlier career, didn't have as much. And I know a lot of women did not. So it's so fortunate that as a company, you really pushed hard to have that and create that for people. And again, you had mentioned, you know, you almost left other people leaving, high turnover. It really did change and was a turning point for the company. It's truly a case study for how it can be and should be done. Right. And I know, you know, you've made changes and tweaks and continue to, you know, make it better and stronger along the way, but it's a great example that others could learn from for sure, as far as how to get it set up, what to do when getting started and really how to engage women and feel like they have a safe place to be very open and then also to feel brave to take those new steps. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jess, I could talk to you for a really long time, but we're running out of time. (laughs) So I'm going to wrap this up with a few rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. Unfortunately, the questions are not set up for rapid fire answers, but we're going to give it a shot. So uh, turning a point that changed your life forever.
0: I think the obvious one would be saying um, having my kids, because I think it really changed who I was as a person and the things that mattered to me. But I I will say, I think the turning point that changed my life forever was taking the first leadership role that I did at Insight Global, because that has completely changed the trajectory of my career and ultimately of the life that I now am so lucky to lead.
1: Nice. Okay. What is one thing you will not compromise on when it comes to wellness and balance?
0: Well, I wish I could say I'm as good as you and that getting to the gym in the morning was my thing. I'm still on that journey, but But this might sound silly, but for me, the one thing that I have been just kind of crazy about, and it's the one thing I never want to compromise on, is I never want to miss a doctor's appointment for my kids. And that might be a small thing, but, you know, doctor's offices typically are only open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and it's just been really important to me that my children know that I'm always going to prioritize their well-being first. And that every doctor's appointment, every sick visit, every dentist checkup that we have, mom will take you. And so I plan my work schedule around those things to make sure that I can prioritize for my children their health and well-being. And then I usually try to make it fun and we'll go out to lunch or breakfast afterwards or beforehand. But that is the one thing that I have committed to and and intend to stay committed to moving forward.
1: I love that. That's the first time someone has answered in that way. We typically talk about you know ourselves, but it's a great example to lead for your children too, to remember, because if they see health and wellness as a priority at a young age, that is something that they will carry on with them throughout the rest of their lives. All right, Jess, what is the single best piece of career advice you'd give your younger self?
0: My younger self, I think It would be to dream really big, even when you can't see what that future could look like. Because I think that for so many of the years that I felt like I really was plateauing as a leader and in my own career development and advancement, it was because I was holding myself back. I was trying to be a version of me that was not really true to who I was. And it was also a very short-sighted vision of who I believed I could be. I mean, truly, I think in my younger years, I was just trying to get by. And all I wanted was to feel job security and to feel like I was creating enough opportunity for myself and for my family. And I would be happy with that. But the me today that's had the opportunities I've had and has been given so many incredible opportunities to advance would tell myself to always dream really big. Anything's possible. And you see it for yourself.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. And it's interesting because your parents instilled that in you in a really young age that you can do anything you want. And I'm not saying this is the case for you, but it certainly was for me that we don't always see in ourselves what others see in us. And it goes back to Mm -hmm. that whole concept of you can be anything, but you have to believe in that for yourself. And even by, again, coming on this podcast and sharing your story, other people who maybe would have taken themselves out of the workforce can really take risks and be brave because you you see what's out there and what is possible. All right. What is one thing people would be surprised to find out about you?
0: Probably that I, I feel like I'm becoming more and more of an introvert, maybe by the day. I think my job just requires me to be very extroverted and to talk to lots of people. And I've given speeches before and Um, I think that version of me is somebody that takes a lot of energy and focus and in the moment is something I really enjoy. But man, do I love a quiet weekend. I love my alone time. I find that I really need that to recharge me. Maybe that would have been a better answer when it comes to not compromising on my own wellness and balance journey. But I've learned about myself that I really need time. And for me, it usually happens on Saturdays and Sundays to recharge, to be by myself, to take time for me, whether that's just taking a really long shower or going for a walk by myself or maybe going to the gym. But that is time that I really need to recharge to feel like I can give what my role, both in my personal life and my professional life demands of me. And I think that that might surprise people given the person I am and the way that I I think I act
1: while I'm at work. Yeah. We all need a break, right? It gets time to be on all the time. So it's important to take All right. So I actually want to ask you a bonus question. We normally close on that, but you and I just were recently on a panel together through ASA on the importance of male allyship and the role men can play within our lives and our careers. So I want to ask you a question around that theme and topic. What one thing can our male allies start doing to support a more diverse and equitable work environment?
0: Oh, that's a big question, but it's such an important one, I think. I'll speak from my own experience. I mean, I, I have only ever actually worked under male leaders, and I feel so fortunate that the male leaders I have worked under during my time at Insight Global have been just some of the most extraordinary human beings. But I do credit Bert, being in particular a lot because he's somebody I've actually worked with for the majority of my career for just being a really great ally and for really instilling in me this belief that I could do more and that I could continue to dream big about my own career here at Insight Global. And I think that what he has done really well for me and so many other women and diverse populations across our entire organization is that he leans all the way in on the conversations that sometimes feel a little uncomfortable, that might be a little scary, that might be a little messy. He just goes all the way in. And he doesn't promise to be perfect in those conversations, but he's always approached it with a really open mind and a genuine appetite to learn. And I think that it's because of his willingness to do that, that we've been able to be so transformative across the women's leadership group. And it's because of that that we've been able to really embrace this idea of diversity and equity and inclusion and really allow our people to feel like they can bring their whole selves because it it does truly start with you. If you want an organization to thrive, I think he has done that masterfully. And I'm so appreciative because I've been on the receiving end and have benefited tremendously from that.
1: Fantastic. So lean all the way in. And sometimes it just takes getting used to being uncomfortable and being okay with that. And yes, really open conversations and dialogues. Uh, Jess, thank you so, so much for sharing your story and such great advice. You've given us all, myself included, a lot to think about. For those listening to the podcast who would perhaps like to connect with you just to learn more about your journey, maybe even your women's group initiatives and so forth, what is your preferred method of outreach?
0: Oh, Oh my gosh anything short of smoke signals. Um, <laughs> you can email me. You can shoot me a message on LinkedIn. My email is jessica.calzaretta at com. I would love to hear from you. I'm so passionate about what we've done with our women's leadership group. I would love to give advice to anyone who's interested in starting on that journey within your own organization. Or if I could just talk about anything in particular, I'm always an open ear. And I'm so passionate about this forum, Leslie, that you've created and and what that means for so many women across our industry. So thank you for having
1: me. It's been awesome. Thank you. You've been an incredible guest. Appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Edge. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and subscribe to it in iTunes. Feel free to email Leslie at lvickery at clearedgemarketing.com and let us know if you have questions, would like to be a guest, or suggest a potential guest, or share topics you'd like to see in the future.